All right, does everybody have a handout? All right, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at, I don't think we're going to get through all this. We have a ton. I have a ton of material. I was, after I got done doing all this, I was like, good grief. I don't think I'm going to be able to cover it all. But I figured we would cover at least one of the stories, and we might get into two, depending on um, how much time Maddie talks tonight. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you, Maddie. It's okay. Uh, if you turn, if, oh my goodness, this is this is. Uh, this Maddie, is Maddie, I do have you back. <laughs> um, so turn to Luke seven. Oh, okay. I, oh, okay. You know what? That was rude. I apologize. Would you forgive me for that? That was rude. Um, but you could feel free to ask as many questions as you want. Luke seven thirty six. We've got a story here that starts in verse thirty six. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to read through the story and then the parable. Um, actually, I'll tell you what, we're just going to do this to, as, as one big group, and then we're going to break up for the second story if we can make it there. I think that's what we'll do um, tonight. So at 7 verse 36, uh, uh-oh, let's see what's going on here. I didn't do it. No, I didn't click in here. This is kind of finicky. There we go. Uh, tonight we're covering two different stories about Jesus dealing with people who had needs or real problems. And I believe we can learn a lot about who Jesus is by how he deals. Notice Jesus' ministry. Uh, if you had to divide Jesus' ministry up, I would say he has a lot of teaching uh, and also miracles and healing. So, um, so if you read the Gospels, I encourage you to read the Gospels because you get a, a view of Jesus' life and you can, can understand more about him. I, it surprises me all the time how, how many Christians have never sat down and read through the Gospels. And you see Jesus interacting with people and you get a glimpse of his personality. You get a glimpse of what he cares about, um, and, and it shows us much about God. Um, so first we're going to see this, uh, these two people, the self-righteous and the self-condemning. All right, so here's our story. Let's, let's dive in. Let's have some people read this for me or for us. We have verses 36 through 39. Um, why don't, who, who wants to do this? Who wants to read? Who can, okay. I'll, okay, Maddie, why don't you read to right here? Albert, why don't you read to right here and we have one more person to read the last section okay alex okay so maddie get us started now one of the pharisees was requesting him to dine with him and he entered the pharisee's house and reclined at the table go ahead and there was a woman in the city who was a sinner and when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the pharisee's house she brought an alabaster vial of perfume and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Okay, we're going to stop here. This is the first part. Now, we have two different people. We have this... Um, Self-righteous man. Let me ask you some questions first. What does the Pharisee say to himself about the woman? And what does this reveal about his heart? Let's go back and you can look at it. What does he say to himself? She's a sinner. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he identifies her as a sinner, right? She is a sinner. Oh, yeah. What else? Go ahead. If this man was a prophet. Yeah. So he says to himself, right? And here's what he says. If this man were a prophet... He would know who and what sort of woman, person this woman is touching him, that she's a sinner. What does that insinuate? He's looking at himself like he's not. Okay, yes. I'm not a sinner. This woman is. So what kind of... Um, he has a 
We'll get we'll get to who this woman is in a minute. Let's focus on the man. What's that? He has a holier than thou. Definitely. He was also if this Pharisee had been around Jesus and heard him preach and heard other, yeah, he would have. He's he's belittled, he's belittled in Christ too. He said if this guy was conscious of who this person is, if this man had any sense, right. So he's actually putting even putting Jesus even below. Saying, he's, you don't even know. You don't understand. He's the guy that has no clue. He's like he's like looking at Jesus and he's, and he's looking at him, looking down on him. He's he's saying Jesus doesn't even realize who this woman is. Meaning what? If Jesus knew who this woman was, what? He would condemn her like he's condemned. Her. Exactly. Jesus would respond like I'm responding. If if he knew what I knew, he would be acting differently. Um, good. That's that's a really good uh, good point. Um, so he's condemning her. He's saying Jesus shouldn't be associating with these kind of people. He should be associating with me. All right? And Jesus is. He's eating at his house. Let me explain how this looked uh, in, in that time. What would happen is, is you had, a t- as far as I understand it, now if any other men know differently, please tell me. Um, there would be like a table, or it might be a circle, it might be a rectangle. And when people would eat in the, in the Middle East, they would, your, some of your Bibles might say they reclined at the table. Mm-hmm. Right? So when they would recline, the table would not be like this tall. It would be like this tall. Okay? And they would lay down on their side. And so the head is here. They're kind of eating the food here with their hands. You like that picture? That's good, isn't it's it? Beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. And their feet... Let's give them a waist. <laughs> their feet are pointing away. So, so they're laying on their stomachs. So they're on their side. Okay. It's like this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So you see what I'm saying? It's, it look, they, 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 lean on their, they lean on their side on their wrist and they eat with one hand like this. See, I thought so, but okay. That's the idea. So they're, they're, they're sitting around like this. And as they do this... Do you see what had happened with the woman? What the woman did? I guess I could just go back. Um, she, when she, when she learned that he was reclining at the table, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet her feet, his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. So I erased that, I shouldn't have. But the point is, is that dinners in, in these days also were, were kind of public events. So there would be a courtyard, and people would, um, would eat, and there would be discussion. And around this discussion, this woman came to, to listen. And um, I don't know what's going on there. Okay. There would be discussion, and that's what she was there for. She wasn't invading someone's house, is what I'm saying. Like, it's not like you're sitting down for dinner, and all of a sudden this crazy woman walks in the house, crawls under your table, and starts playing with somebody's feet. <laughs> all right, because that's what I'm trying to keep you from, from seeing in your head. Yes, ma'am. Okay, since you answered that question, I have another question. Is Jesus just chilling while this woman is Yeah. He's just letting this happen. He's just chilling, eating food, like ain't nothing happening? Pretty much. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's surprising. And I think that's, I think it's, I think it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit uh, bewildering to everybody. Like, he's just letting her do this? Now, let's talk, so he's a self-righteous uh, man. And I, uh, what does this reveal about the Pharisees' perspective on Jesus? What does he think Jesus should have done? We just talked about that. Um, in what ways are we sometimes like this Pharisee? We compare ourselves to other people. <coughs> and we're like, oh, well, there are people with worse sins. 
we don't think of ourselves as equal. Yeah. Sure. Uh, how do we judge people based on their past? What? It doesn't make sense? How do we judge people based on their past? Like, do we, do we sometimes do that? How, I should have said, like, in what ways might we judge people? Well, sometimes look at their past and so what they did it then. They're, they're just capable of doing it now, so why should I give them the benefit of the doubt that they won't do it? Yeah. But then again, if they truly repented, then the whole point is that they're not yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Possible, but like the the, goal of let's, let's talk about this, and I think this will clear up a little bit. Let's talk about a self-condemning woman. How does this woman respond to Jesus? What does this tell you about what she thought about herself? I should have put a... Sorry? So compare and contrast with me how the man responds to Jesus and how the woman responds to Jesus. What does the man do when he invites Jesus? He's he, saying he's an equal. Not yeah, he's, he's like, come to my house. He requests to dine with him. He enters the Pharisee's house, reclines at the table. Nothing else is said. He doesn't do anything very special for him, etc. How does the woman respond? As, as Yes, ma'am. Isn't the alabaster bottle perfume the perfume that they say for when they die? Uh, I think so. Okay. Probably. So, she's like, anointing his feet with a very. She's supposed to have for when she dies. One thing that she's supposed to say, she's using on him now. Yeah, so she is breaking something very expensive. Yes. Yeah. Very. Mm-hmm. No, exactly right. She is spending everything on Jesus. She is taking something that is treasured, probably maybe family heirloom. I don't know. Very expensive, and and it appears she's a sinner, a woman, uh, probably a sex worker or some sort of prostitute. Um, something like that. Very loose woman. She was known for this. Everyone knew who she was. Okay? And Jesus allows her to worship him. So let, let that sink in. Jesus knows everything about this woman's past, and he accepts her worship. Um, now, so how did the woman show her opinion of Jesus? How did the Pharisees show his opinion of Jesus? We just talked about that. How does Jesus respond to her? What does he do? Yeah. And that, that sounds weird to us. We have to remember also in this context, what, did they, what were their shoes? Sandals. Did they have nice Mizuno running shoes? No. They had... They had that's right. They had... Sandals and how are their roads? They're nice paved. They have cars. They walked on dusty, dirty roads all day long. And they went, and so they would sit like this. It was common for someone to wash their feet, a servant to come and wash their feet as an act of kindness. Did not happen to Jesus. This woman is washing Jesus' feet with the only thing she has her hair and this beautiful ointment. Um, she goes above and beyond. Um, I think she's aware of her sin. Uh, and the man is not. Um, she comes unannounced, unwelcome. But she still comes. Obviously, he knows who she is. But he doesn't reveal it to everybody else. Now, we have a little parable here. 
Jesus answers. And this is interesting. If you have your Bible, if you have your thing, look, look back at verse 39. What does it say in verse 39? Now the Pharisee who invited him saw this and did what? What does your Bible say? And said to himself. So have you ever talked to yourself before in your mind? thought things that you really didn't want anybody else to know you were thinking? You ever thought that before? I have. I've thought things about people, and I'm, I'm embarrassed. Oh, I really shouldn't have thought that. You know. This man is thinking this. Man, if that guy knew who she was. And look at verse 40. Jesus answered him. Can you imagine Thinking a thought, someone looking into your eyes and answering you. Yes, ma'am. Okay, it says Simon. That's another Simon. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask this. It a Simon? It's a different Simon. We have another Simon to deal with. We have had Simon Peter. We have Simon the Sorcerer. We have Simon the Pharisee. We have all sorts of Simons. It must have been a popular... You think so? It's another Simon. I don't know what that means. It's a special education term. Okay. <laughs> Jesus answers, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replies, say it, teacher. Jesus gives a story here. Okay. I, I actually have the ner- verse numbers in this. So who, who can read 41 to 43? 41 43? I got you. Okay. I can. I can. No, is going to read 41 to 43. And then 44 to 46. Okay. And then it's going to be, hold on, who's going to do 41 to 46? Nobody? Okay, Brandon will. Okay, go ahead, Lena. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver, to one and 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the large debt. That's right, Jesus said. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Let's split up into two groups. We've got that group over there and this group over here. I want you to deal with the parable questions. You have four of them. What is the only hope of the two individuals who are in debt? Yeah, we oh, did we finish this reason? No. Well, you didn't finish. 47. Who wants to read 47 to 50? I totally forgot about this. Okay, Alex, go ahead. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved so much. But the one who is forgiven, little loved ones, uh, lo- loves them. But the one who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Those who were at the table with him began to say amongst themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go and All right, so here are our questions. Uh, first, uh, I want you to handle the first two over here, one and two. You guys handle questions three and four. One and two are, what is the only hope of two individuals who are in the debt? What does this tell us about us? What is the point of Jesus' parable about the two debtors? 
You too. What do you think of Jesus' point in 747 when he says he who is forgiven little loves little? And in the story, who does the money lab represent and why is this important? We have about uh, f- uh, five to seven minutes. So break up in your groups. Circle up. Maybe ten. If you, ha- if, if you, run, if you get through your questions quickly, that's fine. But circle up and uh, discuss. And we'll come back together and answer those questions together. All right. So let's let's see what we come up with here. We have a few minutes left to uh, talk about this. I hear some good things coming out of the groups. Uh, What is the only hope of the two individuals who are in debt? And what does this tell us about us? Who wants to talk? All right, Cody. The only hope is that they they will be forgiven. Like they, there's no possibility of working off their debt. Right. You have um, two debtors, one owed five hundred, the other fifty, and they were unable to repay. Doesn't matter how much they owed. They both were unable to repay, right? So what does this tell us about us and our condition? We are in sin debt. We cannot repay. We have a debt to God that we cannot repay on our own. It's impossible. It doesn't matter if you are the prostitute uh, and you're on the wrong, you know, you are the, the worst of the sexual sinners, as he does here, or, you know, you're a murderer and you've murdered hundreds, you're like a, a you know, a murderer or despot leader of a foreign nation, you've murdered millions of people, or if you're the Little old lady who lives down the street who just gets really cranky. (laughs) You're still a sinner. And that is hard hard to put our minds around. But it is true. Okay? So what is, anything, other other comments on that first question? Can we go to the second? So what what is the point of Jesus' parable about the two debtors? What's Jesus trying to communicate? What happens to both of them? And why were their responses different? Should they have been different? What's the point of Jesus' parable? Let's start there. And any of y'all can answer because y'all, y'all were talking about this as well. Cody, you want to pick up or do you want to? Well, I think the point is that whether you're forgiven, whether you feel like you're forgiven a lot or a little, you're still forgiven. Yeah. You should still be like in awe of that. Neither one of them deserved to be forgiven. Both were forgiven. And they both are placed in the same place. They're brought to the same level of forgiven, regardless of where they were before. Yes? Um, you know, we're talking about grace. Um, before we became believers, we trusted Christ's grace. But a lot of times in believers, we forget that after salvation, we still treat people by rules and, and instead of having grace and showing forgiveness. Yeah, we, we could be like, well, you're a good sinner and you're a bad sinner but they're both sinners and we forget to show grace and mercy towards those who don't know the lord or to those who need to be forgiven uh, that's a good point albert this observation i was, I was reading um, just a different translation sure uh, it says when they had had nothing to pay well, it's like you said, both of them were in a situation even if one was a millionaire he still couldn't make it couldn't do it yeah um, but he said that the, the person who they owed frankly forgave them both and for the word just just English word frankly I get the idea that it was very um, there was no gray area 
Yeah. You said, you're forgiven. It wasn't, I don't know if you've ever had this person, like, he, he just like, I, all right, I'm over to Marshall's and I break his favorite PlayStation controller. So Marshall, I'll, I'll get you to do it. He's like, no, don't worry about it. There's sometimes a situation where you walk with, like, okay, are we good? Or is he still kind of upset? I'll go with his PlayStation. Do I really need to buy him? You know, there's a, like, you kind of walk with the gray, but. That's interesting, yeah. With, with this guy, he said he franked or he graciously, it was very clear when they walked out, I do not have to pay 50, I don't have to pay. And for us, when we come to put a cross, Christ gives us, it's not a, all right, this is a probation period. Yeah. Yeah. Done. So what? What was the difference in their response? Yeah. One appreciated. One's like, oh, thanks. The other guy is. Yes. He is completely forgiven. Yes. Yeah. Question. Oh, oh. What happens, or uh, why were their responses different? Because what? The one was forgiven much more than the other. Yeah. And, and I think that's just human nature. I think it's human nature. When, if, if someone saves your life, you're going to be so much more grateful for them than if they save you a dollar. Right? Because it's a greater benefit, and you are so thankful. So let's go keep on. What is Jesus' point in 747 when he says, he who is forgiven little loves little? What is he saying that Simon the Pharisee, was he saying that Simon the Pharisee was such a righteous person that he didn't really need that much forgiveness? What did you guys think about that? Is this your group? What, what do you think? As far as the amount of forgiveness to Simon, it wasn't, it wasn't that he needed, he needed less. Um, he needed, he needed grace, but in, 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 the, in the sense of it that he didn't think he needed as much. Exactly. It, it was, he's pointing out Simon's faulty thinking. Simon's thinking, look, I, yeah, I might be a sinner, but I'm not that kind of sinner. I mean, if Jesus knew what he was dealing with, man, he would never be with her. Jesus is like, oh, but you're still a debtor. Even if you think that you're not that bad of a sinner, you're still a sinner. Even if you think you're not that bad, this is to the self-righteous person, because there's some in here who struggle with being like the woman, who, who walk around thinking, I am the worst of all Christians. I am terrible. I never have my devotions, and God is, is, is going after me because I'm so disobedient, and, and I, I try so hard, and I'm just failing, failing, failing. And, and there's some of you who walk around looking at, at others and saying, I'm doing pretty good. Going to church all the time, got my ducks in a row, things are looking good. And you know what he's saying here? I'm going to kind of cut to the chase, is that when both, those, both of those people experience God's forgiveness, often it's the person who has experienced the dark times who is so much more appreciative of the light. Because they come out of it, and they see how much God has forgiven them. When the self-righteous person has been propping himself up and doesn't fully grasp sometimes how great a forgiveness he really has experienced. Some of you guys need to really start searching your heart and saying, man, I have been forgiven so much. I am so self-righteous. I, didn't even, I don't even see it. And some of us need to be a little bit more confident and say, you know what? God is good, and I don't have to be perfect. God is good. He's forgiven me. Um, so, any other comments on that? I don't want to jump to the end without. Uh, in the story Jesus tells, who does the money lender represent? Who does the money lender represent? 
I'm going to go back to the text. A money lender had two debtors. One owed 500, the other 50. The one who forgiveness? The one who gives forgiveness. The one who he gives forgiveness. Who gave forgiveness? Yes. Who were they showing love to? Yes. They're worshiping Jesus, showing love to Jesus. And Jesus says, your sins have been forgiven. And when Jesus says this, I want to point out something to you. I don't do this too often. But this have been forgiven is what you call in Greek a perfect tense. And that means that it's something that happened in the past that has ongoing results. Which means when she entered this room, she was a, I believe, she was a forgiven person. She had placed her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And Christ had already forgiven her. And so he says, your sins have been forgiven. She's righteous. And the man is judging her. So Christ sees her as forgiven. He doesn't see her as a sinner. Because he's, he has chosen to forgive her. And these people are baffled. Because they're, they're, they're um, Pharisees. Who is this man who even forgives sins? What can he do? And this woman says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I have a verse there for you. Luke 5.21. What's the point of saying that only one can, only, let's see, I said this. Uh, only God can forgive sins. Luke 5.21. Do I have that in your text? In your, in your sheet? It's a footnote. The scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? The same thing here. Who is this man who even forgives sins? Who can forgive sins but God? The answer is nobody. Jesus shows his deity as the Son of God. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And he's worshipped as God. Every time a man is worshipped, every time an angel is worshipped, they say, get up off your feet, I don't deserve your worship. When Jesus is worshipped, he accepts it. He's, just, he's a son of God, he's God himself. So what can we learn? First, we're going to wrap up with this. We're going we're to get to the other thing next week. So if you want to read ahead, you can. We're going to just wrap up with this halfway point. What can we learn? For the disciple, first, come humbly. No matter how sinful or clean you might consider yourself, you're a sinner in need of a savior. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you, have the, if you judge yourself to be inferior or if you judge yourself to be superior. Guess what? Everyone stands as a sinner in need of grace. Um, so come in recognition of your sin. Don't come to Jesus thinking you have it all worked out. You don't. You have needs just like the greatest sinner has needs. And that takes work. It takes thought. Because we are people who like to judge ourselves to be good. We like to say, I'm not too bad. Yes, you are. At the beginning, I said we want to learn about Jesus. Let's look here that he invites sinners. So that's good news. You don't have to worry about putting on a false face for Jesus. He invites sinners. He welcomes them. And uh, he shows mercy. So all, any questions about this passage? This is such a great, I just love this story. It shows so much. And it kind of you can see yourself in it. Any questions or comments? Right. Yeah. I'd like to imagine what's going on in surroundings. Yeah. And it was talking about uh, when uh, I mentioned Simon, we got another Simon. In the back of my mind, I could almost picture Peter sitting there and see Simon 
And I almost see Peter like, oh, no, what did I do? This? <laughs> I didn't say that. I wasn't even thinking it because he'd, he'd already seen Greek thoughts. And just to, yeah. in the background, what's Simon Peter's with my leg? Okay, it's not me this time. I just, just, just to throw a little, a little humor. Yeah. Just thinking, yeah. But I was thinking, oh, okay, what's going on in the surroundings? What are other people's thoughts? What are their. And uh, we mentioned. I mentioned something else. I don't remember where it came from. Um, I was talking about with him turning to her. He talks to Simon. He, he turns yeah. and looks at the woman and rebukes Simon. So he's rebuking Simon, but he is focused still on the woman. That is such a cool. I'm going to back up and show you this verse real quick. Um, let's back one more. Uh Maybe it's not. Is it? See this woman. He says, do you see this woman? Here it is. Okay. Turning towards the woman. Uh, This is literally twisting. He twists back. He turns towards the woman. He says to Simon, do you see this woman? Like, everybody's seen the woman. (laughs) Everybody has seen her. She's making a scene. She's weeping, isn't she? And she's using her hair to clean his feet. I mean, it's very awkward. And it's almost like, like you're saying, this is... Like, hey, have you seen this woman? I can see Simon's like, yes. Thank you for addressing the elephant in the room. I ent- and then he, he rebukes him. I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. She has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, that's just um, a greeting in the ancient Near East. But she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet, and you did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. This man did not even show kind respect to his guest. And Jesus says, this woman did. In an extreme way. She's an extreme worshiper. Yeah. I think it's worth noting that he recognized what she did. At first, it would seem like she's not gonna, he's not going to recognize what she's doing. But then he turns around and he uses it to teach the other person. Exactly. So when you feel like, well, I'm doing everything I feel like you're saying, but I'm not getting any recognition here and nothing's happening, you might be using it to show someone else because she showed <coughs> I want you to hold on to that thought. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I want you to hold on to that thought about, about being exposed, like trying to be underneath the radar or trying to be bold. Some people are naturally under the radar. Some people are naturally bold. Next week we're going to talk about that, the bold and the timid. Sounds like the name of a soap opera, but it's not. That's the bold and the beautiful or something. But the bold and the timid is what we're going to talk about next week. But I want you to, I want you to think about that. If you want to read ahead, you can. We're going to close the word of prayer because we're two minutes over. But thank you for your good attention and for your good participation. Hang around as long as you want. Clean up those snacks. And, or not clean it up, but eat those snacks. And uh, yeah. Lord, we do thank you for being a God who cares so much for us that even when we are dirty sinners, you accept our worship. And when we're imperfect, you, you, you still love us, and we are allowed to receive your forgiveness, and we can show our love back to you. And we thank you for the example of this woman who is, the, the example is still recorded in our scripture today because of what she did. And we can be thankful for her and the, the example that she sets for someone who doesn't care what other people think, but goes to worship Jesus and gives everything she has so she can show her worship. We thank you that you have given us this example. I pray we would not be self-righteous. I pray we would not condemn others and help us to show mercy and grace towards everyone around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for being here tonight. I hope you have a great evening, and uh, we'll see you later.